Good day, everybody. My name is David Irvin, and I'm here with my co-host, Ali Stone, and we are talking about navigating our way through this authentic journey through this uh, coronavirus and beyond. And today we're going to be talking about self-care. And, you know, our whole theme in this podcast is deepening your authentic presence and developing self-awareness to know ourselves. And let me share with you that self-care is going to be a big part of our journey together. And it's a big part of caring. Caring is foundational to get through this crisis and beyond. And I am going to take a moment before I have you speak, Ali, about what I call the paradox of self-care. Because I've noticed something over the years. And that is people that care the most, the easiest and the most, who have a full heart and bring their whole self to caring for others, the more that we care for others, the more difficult it seems to be to care for ourselves. And I have been wondering about that all my life. And this is going to be a significant factor in how we get through this crisis and beyond. How are we taking care of ourselves as leaders, as influencers in the world? So I want to go back and share with you something that I have learned about my own caring, because I've had to walk through, I was a family therapist for 10 years, and I had to walk through my own journey of burnout. And I learned some things from that journey that I want to apply to my current life today. And one of the things that I learned is that I learned to care early on in my life. First of all, I think it was in me. I don't know that I learned to care, but I learned to express caring when I was very small, when my parents were in a lot of pain and they would fight and they brought their own baggage like we all did into their marriage. And I took it on as my role of being the family therapist when I was eight years old. And it was very interesting because it looked like I was caring. I would go to my mother and I would talk about my father and then I would go to my father and I would talk about my mother. And it looked really caring and I developed these skills of sensitivity. But it's what I have come to know today to be pseudo-caring. It wasn't real caring because it was survival. It was fear-based. I was acting caring, but it was fear-based. And I developed a brain patterning that said that the more I care, the safer I am. And so when I'm hurting and when I'm fearful, my first response will be to care. Now, there's a good side to that. It's better to reach for caring than it is to probably reach for a bottle of booze. The trap side, though, is if I'm not aware of that, I will get burned out because it'll never be enough. I'm caring out of emptiness rather than overflow. So I'm very curious to have us all experiment with where we are on our own journey to learn how to self-care. And I want to leave you some strategies, but before I do that, about unlocking this pattern, before I do that, Ali, let me hear from you about what your experience and journey has been to coming to, because to, you are, you're, you always work from the heart. 
And that is who you are instinctively. If there's a need, you will be there. And you hold the space for your 600 employees, for our relationship, for when we, when we uh, work in our retreat together, you hold the space with such acceptance and such love and such caring. So I'm really curious what your reaction is to some of my thinking about self-caring. So <laughs> this is very interesting that we're getting into this today because this has been my immediate challenge in my life. So the last 48 hours of my life has been really difficult. Um, you know, I spent the last week, so last week taking care of a lot of uh, the leadership on our team in different ways, and they're struggling with a lot of mental health issues right now. And uh, so I've been listening a lot and just trying to be there for people, um, which is all very understandable, understanding everything that's going on. Um, But by five o'clock yesterday, I was losing it because I hadn't stopped at all this week to take care of myself. And I felt... Uh, you know, you talk about me have, <laughs> holding this space and I do that and I love doing that. Um, but I hadn't held any space for myself this week and I was struggling yesterday. So we were supposed to actually tape this yesterday and I'm kind of glad we didn't because <laughs> I have a little bit more um, maybe of that two steps walking outside of what I was um, struggling with over the last 48 hours. And um, I find this time so interesting because like I've been saying this to you the whole time, but it's up and down, right? So we're kind of like going through all these different emotions, almost like like on a carousel all the time. And uh, yeah, the self-care, it was so funny because I was just like, this is just like the conversation I need with you right now. And we get to share it with everybody else. So I will share my self-care journey. <laughs> so last night I actually just had to sit down and really just be with myself and say, you know, I knew I was struggling Uh, with my mental capacity just to handle everything that was going on. And it took me, you know, a good few hours to sit down and really just breathe and be calm and be kind to myself. Cause I don't think I had been kind to myself all week. I was just going and going and going. So I hear you on this paradox of self-care because I love people. I love the people on our teams. I love working with you. I love everything I do. Um, but if I don't, if I don't take care of myself or I don't like take that time to fill my bucket, I'm in like big trouble (laughs) and especially in light of what's happening in the world right now. So on a normal, uh, you know, week or month or circumstance, something happening, it may not be as prevalent and I might be able to work through it a little quicker, but there is so much turmoil right now that it's, it's pretty intense. And you don't instinctively take care of yourself first. You don't have this formula to say, okay, before I care for anybody else, I got to make sure I care for myself so that caring will come from overflow. So you don't have this formula that puts yourself first so you can take care of others. And I always say the difference between self-care and self-centered is that we take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. When you're self-centered, you take care of yourself so you can take, take care of yourself. And it becomes very cyclical. So uh, if you, and if you weren't, would you agree that you don't naturally care for yourself first? Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't taught that. So I hear you telling the story about your parents. And so my, my lessons when I grew up, 
Um, my parents got divorced when I was quite young and that's when the caring kicked in for me because all of a sudden my mom was a single mom. And so I was, felt like I was taking care of her and I was raising my sister and I just stepped into that role. And I remember like most of my life, my sister telling me that I'm a caregiver and that that's what I do. And that's what people look to me for. And so I was even almost labeled that, which I was totally okay with, but I also had to work through this uh, belief that I had of myself for a long time was that I had to care to belong. And so that became a problem because I didn't care about myself in that because I believed if I cared about everybody else, at least I would belong. So I, it was, it's been a journey. <laughs> I'm much better at it now. And I'm glad I was able to realize that I wasn't there this week. Um, but I still struggle with it all the time. So my hypothesis is that if you knew how to take better care of yourself and you did that more instinctively, you wouldn't be the caregiver that you are today. Mm. That, that's, that, that, that's in fact what makes you able to care is that you struggle with self-care. And so the paradox in is we really just need to be aware. If you're by nature a caregiver, you're going to struggle with self-care and that's part of the journey. If you weren't struggling with self-care, you wouldn't be such a, an amazing caregiver. Mm. Do you think that's true? Uh it resonates. Does it? <laughs> you know, you see people who, like you said, are really, you know, you get frustrated with people who only seem to care about themselves. And that's like so outside of the person that I want right. to be, right? So uh, you always identify those things. Uh, if you yeah. observe, wow. if you observe people in your life who really take good care of themselves, my hypotheses unless they have learned to do that intentionally, if they do it naturally, they take care of themselves, they won't have the qualities of caring the way that a person like you has. That's, that's my thinking. And you know what? I don't have a definitive answer on that. It is a hypothesis. And I'm just asking our listeners to reflect on that for themselves, to see if that's true for yourself. And we would love to hear from you. Yeah. I guess my question is like, to you, what is the level of empathy, right? So if you only care about yourself, how do you have that capacity for empathy for another human being if you're not able to put yourself in their shoes or be with them? I don't, think, I don't think you can. I think you requ it requires the degree of empathy to really be able to put yourself in someone's shoes um, requires that open heart and that capacity will make self-care difficult, not impossible. And I'm going to leave some strategies that I've had to use in my own life to work with this material, but you have to be intentional about it. If you're not intentional about it um, and very conscious and very self-aware, and I'm speaking to all the caregivers out there, that are going to be taking us through this journey of this virus. <laughs> yes, I'm going to suggest that you will all be struggling with self-care during this journey. And that's okay. But don't just put it under the carpet because you, it's, it's something that for myself, I have to be intentional. And I wasn't intentional in my life. And I've gone through periods where I wasn't intentional 
and I became what I would call a helpaholic. I had to help in order to have an identity. I had to, and this, this is what I shared in our last podcast when we were talking about caring. My natural instinct for that first week in the crisis was to reach out and do something, to care. And then I had to step back and say, you know what, that was flattening me. It was exhausting for me because it was coming primarily, part of it was my natural instinct, but part of it was from fear. I have to do this in order to have self-worth. And that's when it wears us down. Yeah, I didn't ever, so I'm just, my mind is triggering back, but I didn't ever, like it was my worst fear to think that I wouldn't belong. That was so incredibly fearful for me. So you started off talking about how sometimes we uh, do acts of caring or acts of service out of fear. And I think I probably did that a lot of times in my life. And um yeah. And in a lot of situations, you know, you've got to forgive yourself as you get older, because when we're children, we don't understand the full spectrum or um, extent to what's happening with the adults around us. All we do is just try to step in. Right. We try to we try to be there. We try to be present and we try to learn with them. But I mean, adults are going through their things, too. And so I, looking back on that, I'm not super surprised. I also think the empathy. Sorry, I just want to say this really quick, because I think this is important on the other side of the empathy empathy so for me in uh, our organization and all of these young incredible people I get to work with I've met people who have struggled with empathy and uh, been maybe a little bit more self-centered but they've been able to grow into empathy so you can actually work this on both sides of the spectrum which is really really cool like you don't have to be born with this hugely empathetic heart or not empathetic heart, you can learn to work this. And I really love that too, because I think that's um, one of the like really beautiful things about life <laughs> is like learning to connect like that. 100%. And see, I think, I don't know that we learn to care. We do come into the world caring, but we do learn to develop the skills of empathy and compassion and how to express that in a way that responds to a crisis, to a situation where we're needed. And just like you can learn to open your heart and have that caring come through you, you can also learn to self-care and to direct that toward yourself. And it may not be instinctual to do that if you're a caring person. Just like if you're a relatively self-serving person, you can learn how to open your heart and be caring to others, you can also learn how to direct that towards yourself if you're intentional about it. So, I love it. Can you teach me how to do it today? <laughs> well, what I want to do in our podcast today is I want to leave you. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, born, not only am I born to be caring, but I'm born to teach. So I'm going to leave six strategies uh, for this, for people. And it's directly, these are direct strategies for how to learn to be more self-caring in your life. And um, so I'm just going to go through these. And I hope that some of them, I, I hope that at least one of them will, re will resonate with all of you. So don't try to do all, all six of these strategies, but I'm just going to leave you something to think about. So my first strategy would be, and I'm going to go through these quickly. Um, but my first strategy would be to appreciate your inability to take care of yourself and embrace that fully. Because it means that you're a very caring person. So it's embracing this paradox that, okay, I'm going to struggle with self-care, 
because I care so much. And, and by the way, this is, you may not see yourself as a caring person. I know lots of caring people. Oh, do you know how caring you are? You know how much you give? You know what an open... No, it's just kind of natural for me. But I'm going to say that one of the indicators of being a caring person is that you struggle with self-care. That's one of my indicators. All right, number two, decide. So embrace, first of all. Be compassionate through this whole process. Number two is decide that you're important and that you are as important as the people that you care about. Decide that you really want to include, not to get rid of your ability to care, but decide that you are important and to stop and really pay attention. I need to and I want to take care of myself better. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be comfortable to do that. Because it means that you have to give up some of your old identity of always having to care. But you don't have to give up your full identity. Number three is to be willing to compassionately feel what you're going through. To honor your own experience. You know, uh, Allie is a caring person. If I were hurting right now, you would stop what we're doing and you would be there for me. You would stop and you would open your compassionate, empathic heart and you would uh, give me the space. So what could you do to create that same opportunity for yourself? To say, what is my experience? Hey, I'm scared. I'm angry. And just notice your experience in walking through this crisis right now and be present compassionately to your own experience. You don't have to do anything with it. You don't have to fix it. Just treat it the same way that we would treat our, another person when we're going through that. The fourth strategy is to examine without judgment what your motives are. Now, here's whether you know in your caring, if your caring is coming from your authentic self or if it's coming from your fearful self. And that is the result of it. So my experience is that true caring will actually uplift us. When we are caring, it's not going to drain you. It gives you satisfaction. It gives you energy. It gives you a sense of fulfillment because it's coming from your heart. And it's actually not coming from your heart. It's coming through you. It's like this instinct to, to be there for another person. If it's coming from fear... Um, it, it, ta- it, it comes from obligation. It com- and it will always leave you depleted and exhausted and resentful. If you're resentful from your caring, it means that it's coming from a, not an authentic place. And it's not ever this neat and tidy, but I'm just asking people to slow down and just notice the result of your caring. Because caring is really meant to be uplifting. That doesn't mean we don't get tired. But it's the difference between a good tired and a bad tired. If it's a good tired, you're caring from your authentic self and you'll be uplifted. You still need a rest. You still need a break. But you won't be depleted and exhausted. The fifth strategy is to examine what your needs are. What do you really need right now in order to take care of yourself? Do you need quiet time? I, need, I know during this crisis, I need boundary time where I'm not caring about other people, where I'm just taking care of myself. Do you need more structure in your life to have more discipline? 
You know, caring, self-care is not always comfortable. It's not just sitting in a, in a tub being comfortable. Self-care for me is to, what I know I need during a crisis like this is I need to be very careful what I eat. I need to be very careful around having boundaries around what I eat and getting some regular exercise and getting up and meditating in the morning. These aren't necessarily easy, comfortable actions, but it's what I need to develop some discipline in my life that direct me towards self-caring so that I fill myself up at the end of the day. So that at the end of the day, I can feel good about myself and then I've got something to care for. And then my sixth strategy would be to schedule time like this, to once a week schedule time. Now you may find, maybe, I'm, maybe a, you're a healthcare worker right now and you don't have time to, get, to meet all of these needs. That's okay. But acknowledge what the needs are. And say, and you may make a conscious choice. I can't meet all of these needs, but I have to give myself permission to eat to meet maybe one out of the five. What's the most important one? Now you know what? I went through that really quickly. It's meant to just have people reflect and think about what caring and self-caring means for them. Do you want to just give any closing thoughts that you have, Allie? Yeah, for sure. I think. Um... First of all, I think that the just the I, the strategy is really important, like, like understanding some steps. So what I'm always saying uh, to our leadership team is step number one is awareness. So what are the options? What's available to me? And how can I like pick one thing that resonates with me and just begin to work on that? So um, it's even just having the conversation, even just listening to this podcast, even if you don't write anything down something will stick in your mind that resonates with you. So I always think that that's just so uh, incredibly important. And then as you're talking and you're, you're uh, saying these, I'm like thinking about how people have had to get creative with care. And I, you might be able to hear it, but outside I have a neighbor who has three children and he's got them all playing on the front doorstep. And I'm thinking that's so sweet. So he's out there every day around this time with these kids and he brings them out since all of this uh, COVID stuff started. And that's his, his self-care. Like he's out there playing with his kids and just taking time. And it's really beautiful. So it can look like, it can look like anything you want it to look like. Um, but he doesn't miss that time every day. And then we're sitting here talking about this and it's just kind of all clicking. And I'm like, you know what, that's, that's really special that he does that and that, he recognizes that not only for himself, but for his kids too. And you know, you bring up a great point because self-care is not necessarily separate from caring for others. You just illustrate how you can do both by the way you do it. You get in there, and he's not doing that out of obligation. He's not spending time with his kids because, he, I'm imagining, because he obli- he's obligated to. He's spending time with his kids because that's self-caring for him to just hang out and relax. And he doesn't have to fix his kids. He doesn't have to make them better. He's just hanging out and he's enjoying it. So he's, he's accomplishing self-care. Now, again, what's the result at the end of the day? I'm guessing that this is who he is and he's not exhausted. That actually, my, again, this would be my guess, is that he gets out. He, you'd have to ask him this. But after he's done, he feels uh, more fulfilled, more energized from spending time. Now, if he does that for eight hours, he's probably going to be physically exhausted. But remember that, um, you know, a burnout does not come from hard work. It comes from heartache. And we'll be talking more about that in future podcasts. Awesome. Well, I love 
listen, this has been great. I just, I love having these conversations. We'd love to hear from you and stay in tune for uh, more uh, topics and thoughts and uh, human interest stories around uh, the whole topic of authentic leadership and walking ourselves through this road less traveled on this journey. Thanks everybody for joining us.